The message you're about to listen to is from Pentecost International Worship Center. PIWC Accra is a ministry of the Church of Pentecost. We pray that the entrance of the Word of God would bring light and impart understanding to your hearts. And now, the message for today. Philippians 3, reading from verse number 10 through to 11. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Let me just start with some two biblical observations about the resurrection. Then we can go deeper. Are we ready for it? The first observation, dear ones, is that all the incidences proud to Jesus' resurrection were not understood until when he resurrected. All the incidences proud to Jesus' resurrection were not understood until when he resurrected. It did not make sense until he was raised. Dear ones, let's listen to this carefully. No one at that time, by 6 p.m., I'm quoting 6 p.m. because by then the crucifixion would have happened around 12 noon. By 3 p.m., we know there was total darkness. Jesus had cried out his last. So he was gone. Granted that there was some time, Joseph of Arimathea would have come for his body. So you let's estimate it in our modern time. By 6 p.m. on Good Friday, no one, and please this point is so crucial, no one was saying, don't worry, don't worry. Let's just wait for the third day. No one was saying that, don't worry. He's going to come back. No one was saying that, don't worry. He is going to come back. No, everyone thought the show was over. Although he had taught them on many occasions about his third day resurrection, listen carefully, my dear one, from Good Friday till Sunday morning, no one expected him. His end had come, they thought. You see, to start with, his arrest did not make sense to his followers. Hence, in John chapter 18, verse 10, you will see Peter drawing his sword, possibly in an attempt to cut off, I believe, well, maybe it's an extension, but I think his attempt was to cut off Marcus' head, but he wasn't a good butcher. So he missed the head, and what did he do? He cut the ear. Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. Think about it for a moment. If he knew that On the third day, he will come back. Why would he do that? Although Jesus had told them what he was going to go through, it was not as if it is as we present it today with the joy that there was a resurrection Sunday. Hooray! There was a third day. No. That wasn't the picture at all. The incidences of Good Friday, take your time and read Matthew 27 carefully. The spitting on Jesus, oh my word, the early morning spitting, the morning saliva, 
the beatings with rope. And if you study a bit of Roman history, you will see that what they were doing was tying metallic objects and sometimes bones to the rope so that when you hit the back of the person or any part, the flesh of the, you drag it. So you can imagine pieces of metal and bones being dragged across the raw flesh. It didn't make sense to them. The mocking, the slapping. Someone will come and slap and they will check who slapped you. Tell us, Mr. Prophet, who did this to you. Friends, the carrying of the cross, the nailing of his palm and feet, the piercing of his side, the I am thirsty, the scream, Ali, Ali, Lama Sabatani, and in fact, the offer of Joseph of Arimathea taking him off the cross and burying him were not interpreted that all oh, Sunday will come, he will be up. That wasn't it. So, let's now take a journey back to how it started and how they felt. And put yourself in the shoes of Mary, the mother of Jesus. You will now begin to understand the pain through her spine. What is happening to my son? Now think about the lead apostle, Peter. What is happening to my master? And now think about his friend, John. What is happening to his friend? You want to even think about Mary Magdalene. What is happening to my Lord? Think about Salome. Think about Martha. In fact, think about the widow of Nay, whose son came back to life. What was happening to the man who recovered my son, who brought my son back to life? These are questions that will be occurring in their minds. No one thought that he was going to come. Although the scriptures were clear on that. Think about Nicodemus who came to him late in the night. And even think about Zacchaeus who was forgiven. Friends, I can only describe it as uncontrollable pain and disappointment. No one expected to see him by Sunday morning. The door was closed, but friends, by Sunday morning, as Luke recalls of Peter's maiden speech in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, and God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Hallelujah. Although they did not expect him, Sometimes God does not need our expectation. He is on a mission to fulfill his agenda. So it was when he actually resurrected, then it was, ah, this is what he was saying. Have you caught the first point? The issue started making sense only on Sunday morning when he was truly up. Can I extend the first point? Don't expect people to understand you sometimes in your process of manifestation. It will only make sense on the day of your manifestation. Oh, come on. Did you get that? Don't expect all to understand you in your process of manifestation. It will only make sense at the day or on the day of your manifestation. Isaiah will say, I and my children are for signs and symbols in Israel. In fact, you see, some of us over-rely on the praise 
the support and the commendation of people. It is sometimes I see we need all that to survive. But you would have to endure the pains of a good Friday sometimes. You have to endure the rejection of friends, the loneliness, the disappointments, the slaps. Of course, Peter says it should be for a good cause. You may not be understood, but it will make sense on the day of your manifestation. It will make sense on the day of your manifestation. Therefore, don't give up. Endure. For your pains and patience are welling up for a great manifestation. Do I have a word for somebody? Your pains and patience are welling up for a great manifestation. Apostle Peter would say in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 10, one of the scriptures I often use, and the God of all grace, who called you, sister? Who called you, brother? Who called you, dear ones? Bible says that, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Oh, here is a trustworthy saying. You know what that means? A statement you can trust. Don't doubt it. And what does it say? 2 Timothy 2, 11. If we died with him, we will also do what? Live with him. Can we shout out together? If we died with him, what will happen? We will also live with him. Friends, our Good Friday will turn into our Resurrection Sunday. For if we died with him, what will also happen to us? My pains, my endurance, my troubles is only awaiting a resurrection Sunday. And today I come to you with the good news of the Lord. It is your day. For if we died with him, then we will also live with him. If the distance allows, you just want to whisper or say something like to somebody that look, it will add up and make sense very soon. I may not even understand it. But it will add up and make sense very soon. By the way, don't forget the first point. All the incidences proud to Jesus' resurrection were not what? Understood until he resurrected. Please, is that point clear? Are we all okay with that? Good. And the further explanation of that or extension of that is that the issues around us may not be understood. In fact, don't expect people to understand you fully in your process of manifestation. It will only make sense on the day of your manifestation. It will all add up and make sense very soon. Shall we please concentrate here and move to the second observation? The first one we have just explored. Let's move to the second one. The New Testament interpretation of the resurrection was with reference to the Old Testament. It sounds windy, but extremely important, so listen to it carefully, dear one. The New Testament interpretation of the resurrection was with reference to the Old Testament, the expectations of the Jews. As I study scripture and walk through the word of God with the mind of Christ inspired by his spirit, I realize that in the New Testament, any time 
the incidence of resurrection was explained. It was quickly linked to the Old Testament. Therefore, if we want to truly understand the meaning of the resurrection, where should we look forward to? The Old Testament. For instance, when Jesus appeared to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, in Luke chapter 24, verse 19, look at it carefully, Luke 24, 19, they were talking about Jesus, whom they knew was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. This was their knowledge of Jesus. The chief priests and our rulers, they would say, handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. The two disciples were so disappointed. But they continued by saying that we hope that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day. Again, we are engaging with their conversation. He says, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. When they were saying these things to Jesus who had appeared to them, look at the verse 25. Jesus replies, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets. Who are the prophets being referred to here? The prophets were in the Old Testament. So how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now jump to the verse 27. That is the key point that I want to add and indicate that any time the resurrection was to be explained in the New Testament, reference was made to the Old Testament. Look at the verse 27. Luke 24, 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning. Can we do a quick test? So the scriptures with a capital S over there, I don't know the version you're using. But what do you think Jesus was referring to? The New Testament had not been written by then. Come on. So what was he referring to? So he says that, and beginning with Moses. So what is he referring to? The laws of Moses. And all the prophets. The Isaiah, the Jeremiah, and everyone. Then he took time to explain the old script to them. What has been written in those things. So you see loosely the Torah or the laws of Moses. The prophets, we may even add the Psalms to it. Anytime resurrection is to be engaged, I want us today to walk through it and understand it carefully. We have to go back to the Old Testament to understand what resurrection meant to them. Because Jesus himself was making reference to those instances of resurrection in the Old Testament. Have you followed it up to this point? So these disciples on the road to Emmaus, after they had encountered Jesus, quickly went back to Jerusalem. Now look at Luke 24, 36. While they were still talking about this, look at this carefully. So they were talking about their encounter with Jesus. 
the link to the laws of Moses, the prophets, and the explanations Jesus has given them. Whilst they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. What were they talking about? The encounter with Jesus and the exposition of the OT, the Old Testament. Jesus stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. That's the verse 37. Now move down to verse 44. Verse 44. This is Jesus speaking. He said to them, now look at it carefully. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me. So now let's describe the Old Testament. In the law of, then what? The prophets and who? The Psalms. Do you get it? So Jesus himself is taking them to the OT that, guys, if you truly want to understand what has happened, it is not even about your seeing me. It is not even about how we are interpreting it now. Take your time. Check the laws of Moses. Check the prophets. And check the Psalms. If in addition to all things, there is anything I want you to catch, is to understand resurrection as God meant it to be, right from his word. He had promised Abraham. He had an agenda. You see, Abraham can even miss the point and sleep with Haggai and bring in Ishmael. But there is an Isaac he has preserved. You may think the issue is about Isaac. You take him on the altar. But there is a lamp he has prepared for the sacrifice. Let Isaac grow. Let his children come in. Let even Joseph be sold to the land of Egypt. There is something he is doing. One day they will come back to the promised land. Let them sin and let them be taken to exile. One day the Daniels, the Shadrach, the Messiah, and the Abednego will arise. Let them fade off. One day one day there will be a virgin and her name is Mary one day there will be a Joseph and out of Mary a Jesus will appear the Lord is doing it in spite of the mistakes and the errors of human beings that is why sometimes I believe that despite my weaknesses if I stand for the Lord my season will come my time will come my moment will come and the season of resurrection is now he had an agenda. He had a purpose. If you like, kill all the boys in Egypt. He will preserve a Moses. If you like, think COVID-19 is a killer. There will be remnants. If you like, think about the disasters around. There will still be remnants because the thing is about him. He's got an agenda. So now, he refers them to the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. But now let's look at, in the New Testament, how Paul sums it up. In 1 Corinthians 15.3. Remember that we've been drawing our attention to the OT. Maybe in that scripture, in the Luke 24, 45. Remember the 44 is talking about how he explained that everything will be fulfilled as written about him in the law of Moses. Now let's add the 45 dear ones. Then he opened their minds 
so that they could understand the, what is he referring to? <laughs> he opened their minds so that they could understand the laws of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, the OT. So now, Paul sums everything up in 1 Corinthians 15, 3. So now let's listen to the inspired word of God through Paul. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. It means that <laughs> this is the cross of it, the most crucial point. As a matter of first importance, he's saying that church, catch this revelation. For I also received it, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm just giving it to you. Now look at it. So what did he receive? There's a colon. Maybe the version you have. I'm, I'm not sure of the description, but if we stick to this one. So what he received is that Christ died for our sins according to the... So what he is saying is that the pointer is to the past. So this thing we are talking about Christ dying for our sins, everything we are talking about Easter is according to the scriptures, the OT. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the... Is that clear enough? According to the scriptures. So not what you think. Not even what you expect. But according to the scriptures, do you know what that means? According to what the Jews have been made to know. Can we walk through this slowly? So if you meet a proper Jew who has learned the OT, what Paul is trying to say is that the death of Jesus, the cross, the resurrection, everything is according to what has already been revealed to the Jews. In other words, he's saying that it is according to plan, what God had programmed. God had an agenda with his people. He worked it out to completion. So he was literally saying, according to plan. Friends, all I've been trying to get to in this second point is that the interpretation of the resurrection must be according to the original plan, as documented in the OT, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. Basically, what the Jews were expecting or had been told. So at this point, will you permit me to say, let's sit up well. Are you ready to understand the resurrection and its power according to the scriptures? What the Jews had known and what was being referred to. We need to now go back and understand resurrection from that perspective. What did the Jews know about resurrection? Immediately we catch this. Our attitude towards the resurrection will be different. Our attitude towards what we expected to do will be different. Because now we will understand the resurrection according to the scriptures. Right. So what did the Jews know about resurrection? Resurrection was to happen, point number one, at the end of the age. So, if we are talking about resurrection according to the scriptures, 
Then by the Torah and the writings of the old, this thing is supposed to happen at the end of the age. Hello. Please, let's follow through. We're getting somewhere. Then the second thing is that the resurrection is supposed to happen to faithful Israelites. Are you ready for the third point? The resurrection is supposed to happen when the Messiah comes. Three major things. There are other things, but I've just summed them up into three. That the resurrection is supposed to happen at the end of the age. It's supposed to happen to faithful Israelites. Then the third one is, the resurrection will come when the Messiah comes. The Old Testament has a lot to say. But you let me pick Isaiah 26, 19. Isaiah 26, 19. Can you help us with that? But your dead will live, Lord. So this is a script in the OT. Their bodies will rise. Because usually when we are talking about resurrection, we are tempted to think that it is something post-Jesus. But Isaiah is telling us, according to the scriptures, that look, a time is coming, oh Lord. Your dead will rise to live. Bodies will be raised. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. In other words, they will come praising God. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. In other words, the dead will come out. This is just one out of the many. Are you with me so far? We're heading towards somewhere. Let's walk to a village called Bethany. An incident happened over there, and it sums up the belief of the Jews in a spectacular manner. You see, in Bethany, there was a woman there called Martha, her sister called Mary, their brother Lazarus. And in fact, Lazarus had died. Jesus had visited the family in their village. Jesus' interaction with Martha gives a good indication of what the Jews believed about resurrection when it was supposed to happen and by whom it will happen. Let's now walk through it. So now Jesus is in the house of Bethany. That's John eleven twenty three. 23. What is Jesus saying to Martha while she was weeping? Your brother will rise again. Is that not enough? If you have lost a brother and the Savior comes to you saying that your brother will rise again. Game close. But look at Martha's response in verse 24. I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Do you understand according to the scriptures when the resurrection is supposed to happen? Martha, a Jew, is giving an exposition on Judaism and what he understands according to the scripture. I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So now look at it. Jesus said to her, the verse 25, I am the resurrection. So the timetable of God, when you expected the thing to happen, God has pushed it forward. And the one who is supposed to represent the last day 
the one we're supposed to usher it out, is now standing there because the resurrection is about to happen. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> we must understand the resurrection according to the scriptures. So the coming of Jesus, the dead and his resurrection was to usher another phase of life called the end times. It was the beginning of the end. It was not necessarily the end, but the coming of the Messiah will mark the beginning of the end time. And Jesus was there to present that. Let, let's just enjoy the conversation in Bethany a bit. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, the thing you have programmed in years to come is standing right. The person is standing right in front of you. I'm here. I'm here. Now look at the verse 27. Again, this martyr lady is helping us to understand the Jews and their belief. What did she say? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah. The reason is that if we are talking about resurrection, we are talking about the beginning of the end, the last day, and we are talking about the coming of the Messiah. So if in a conversation I have projected the end and the coming of resurrection to be a certain time, and the man standing before me says I am the resurrection, then what is the natural conclusion? You are the Messiah. Oh, come on. Do you get it? So now, according to the scriptures, the one who will be resurrected, the one who is proclaiming the end time, is the Messiah. This is exactly what Martha was teaching over there. This is why I'm compelled to say that the resurrection must be interpreted according to the scriptures, what the Jews knew. So according to the scriptures, if Jesus has resurrected, then... Who has come? The Messiah, Jesus Christ. Again, what has come? The beginning of the end. Are you getting it? In fact, the beginning of the end has begun. Or it began when Jesus resurrected. Jesus spoke of an end time, a period. We are in the end times, a continuum of time, which will be crowned by the final return of Jesus. Jesus will return. Jesus will come. That is when the end actually will end. But whilst we await him, we are in a continuum of time. The beginning of the end has come. And now look at the other point. Faithful Israelites are to come back to life. I hope you're not getting bored with these details. We're walking somewhere, we're working through it to conclude on something. Another belief was that the faithful Israelites are to come back to life. So maybe as a gentle recap, we can conclude that the Messiah Jesus has come. Then the second point is the end has begun. Then the next one is the faithful Israelites are to come back to life. When the Messiah comes, there are two major things the Old Testament points. And most Jews believe that, but I'll dwell on only one. When the Messiah comes... All Gentiles must become obedient to their God, Yahweh. You can refer to Isaiah 60 verse 3. When the Messiah comes, all Gentiles, non-Israelites, non-Jews, must become obedient to their God. 
And the other thing is, and the principles and the values of the kingdom of God must be made known to the nations. We're getting somewhere. So when the Messiah comes, if the person who has been resurrected is the Messiah, then you must understand that according to the scriptures, all Gentiles must become obedient to God, Yahweh. Then the principles and values of the kingdom must be made known to the nations. They must live by the principles and values of his kingdom. So I'm sure by now you will understand Paul better. When Paul says that, I am. You see, Paul, a Pharisee, look at it carefully. A lawyer, an educated person under Gamali, awaiting the coming of the Messiah. He thinks a criminal has been killed and there are rumors that he has resurrected. This is blasphemy. Resurrection means at least the end has started. The Messiah has come. In addition to that, the temple must be rebuilt. How can all this be? I must stop these people. But now look at it. To his surprise on the road to Damascus, look at what happened. He meets this man who was killed. This is called to all that we are sharing according to the scriptures. When he met Jesus, I'm sure he is wondering what is happening. Why do I think he met Jesus? Later, take your time and read his account in 1 Corinthians 15.3. When he was talking, where we read, what I received from the Lord, I pass on to you and all that. By the time you get to verse 5, he says that, and he was seen by Cephas. Who is Cephas? Peter. Then by the 12, after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present. You know what that means? You can go and verify. You can go and check. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James. Do you know why that is important? James was Jesus' brother who doubted him. But Jesus appeared to his brother James that, hey, I'm alive. That caused him to believe. And he became a pillar to the church in Jerusalem. So even when Paul converted, he had to go to them for them to expose him to the scriptures and the walk with Jesus. Now look at the verse 8. He says that then last of all, he was seen by me also. Where did he see Jesus? On the road to Damascus. It was the glory around Jesus that blinded him as light coming from heaven. If you study the book of Revelation and how Jesus is described, I'm not surprised that the light blinded Paul. So on the road to Damascus, he sees Jesus. Now let's imagine the analysis. If Jesus of Nazareth, please, this is so important. If Jesus of Nazareth has resurrected, then he is what? The Messiah. Have you followed the logic according to the scriptures? If Jesus of Nazareth has resurrected, then he is who? The Messiah. It also means that the end has begun. And now look at it. What was thought of as God going to do for the faithful Israelites who died in the Lord? He was going to bring them back to life. But he has done this through this man called Jesus. How is Paul processing this? It means that one man has been chosen to represent the whole Israelites. 
Are you getting it? He is the Messiah. He has begun the end. And now all Israel is in the man. If all these factors have applied, then the other conditions of the resurrection must also apply. Hello. If all these factors have applied, then the other conditions of the resurrection must also apply. It means that from now on, do you remember the other conditions of the resurrection? All Gentiles must know about our God. So when Paul says in Romans chapter 11 verse 3 that I am an apostle to the Gentiles, he knew that the Messiah has come. The end has begun. The very thing that was promised Israel has been achieved through Jesus Christ. If he has resurrected, then this is the true meaning. That what was to be achieved has been achieved already. Therefore, Gentiles, where are you? You must come to know our God. <laughs> are you getting it? Then the second thing is, they must be made to live by the principles and the values of the kingdom. This is what the meaning of the resurrection, according to the scriptures, is. The Messiah has come. Can we take that as done? The end has begun. Agreed. Gentiles are to submit to their God. He was an apostle to the Gentiles. And for that reason, all of us who were not part of the commonwealth of Israel, we have become parts. Can we take that as ongoing? What about the fourth one? Hello. What about the fourth one? Do you remember the fourth one? That all must live by the principles and values of his kingdom. Has that been completed? No. No. God is awaiting on us. The resurrection has happened. The other boxes can be ticked. So friends, when our church caught the revelation about possessing the nations... You should see that as a heaven download post-resurrection. Because this is what the church universal must now focus on that. We must ensure that the principles and the values of the kingdom are made known to the nations. And all must live by it. This is what is supposed to be done. Abraham, God started a journey with him. So indeed, the fourth one was started. There's a fifth one which has to do with the temple, reconstruction of the temple. We don't have time to, to go into it. But concerning the fourth point, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. Is somebody being blessed? In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, he says, for this reason. What, what reason? All these revelations, the resurrection, <laughs> the understanding that the Messiah has come, the end has begun. And now the kingdom must go out. The Gentiles must come in. All must live according to the principles and the values of the kingdom. In fact, if you go to the chapter before, he talks about how our bodies have been connected together with Jesus as the cornerstone to make the temple. That temple that we were looking for it to be rebuilt. At one point in time, he says that, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the living God and the Holy Spirit dwells in you? The very thing we are looking forward to has occurred. So now look at it. For this reason. For this reason. I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. For the sake of who? Because if the Messiah has come, one group that is very important is the Gentiles. 
Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery. So what we've shared today is the mystery made known, Paul says, to me by revelation. As I have written briefly, in reading this, then you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Now look at it. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. This is what the resurrection stands for. Members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace, giving me through the working of his power. We can jump on now to verse 10. So he's used Abraham and all that, and now Paul is explaining that his intent was that now. If all the indicators of the resurrection have been achieved, then now, have you caught it up to this point? Now, through the church, Friends, sometimes I have no idea how to express this or even pump it into your spirit. But if we will catch this, that this whole thing we are doing, this whole praise worship, this whole dance, this whole prayer, his intent is that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, to powers of influence, to leadership, to governance, to the workplace. His intent was that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus. Dear ones, we need to refresh the meaning of resurrection. As in, one, Jesus is the Messiah. This is the true meaning of the resurrection. Jesus is who? The Messiah. What is the next one? The end time has begun. So today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, and we are saying that it's Resurrection Sunday, what we mean is that Jesus is the Messiah. If you're looking for a Savior, Jesus is the Messiah. Wherever you are, the Messiah has come. And in him, you will be saved. The second point is the end time has begun. Then the third point is Gentiles. And in fact, all must hear the word of God. Do you know the fourth point? The principles and the values of the kingdom must be made known to the nations. That is the possessing the nation's agenda. You see that? In talking about the resurrection, dear ones, please hear this carefully from what I received from the Lord. You see, in my explanation or trying to define resurrection, I have not linked it to he came to die for our sins. Listen to this carefully. I have not linked it to there is a gap between God and man and the death and the resurrection bridged the gap. I have not even linked it to 
And now we can become holy as we did in a past day. And the Holy Spirit will come and dwell in us. I have not linked it to any of our conventional things about the death and the resurrection. I have only linked it to the major reasons of the resurrection, the purpose of the resurrection, to declare Jesus as a Messiah, to usher an end time for all Gentiles to come in, and then the kingdom's values and principles to be preached and practiced in all nations. The first ones are called the enablers. They are the symbols to the purpose. Do you know what some of us do? We are going to a town, we see the signboard, and we go and stay by the signboard. We decorate the signboard, we beautify the signboard, forgetting that the signboard is pointing to a town. Our being washed in the blood, our being called the children of God, our receipt of the Holy Spirit, the power that we have received, they are all signboards, billboards to where? Possessing nations. Do you get it? Therefore, the resurrection is not necessarily about just the blood cleansing. They are enablers. God, through his agenda, is looking for a kind of people, a group of people that he will use to possess the nations for himself. Therefore, when we believe in him, he washes us, he cleanses us, he fills us with his spirit so that we can go there to influence the nations because this is the resurrection. But you see, I see people, once I was a sinner saved by grace, we all sing that my sin has gone as far away, wonderful. But you see, after we have sung that, maybe we should have another version. Therefore, I'm going out to possess the nations. Therefore, I'm going out to influence everyone. Therefore, I'm going out to live a righteous life. Therefore, I'm going out to be truthful. No more lies. No more stealing. No more cheating. No more blasphemy. I'm going out to serve the Lord. Because this is the purpose of all of that. But we can stand by the signboard and be jubilating, and be shouting, forgetting that it is only a signboard. Has somebody understood the resurrection today? Those things are the enablers for achieving the purpose. God is on a mission to reclaim the kingdoms of this world for himself. The others of cleansing of sin, oneness with God, and many other powerful stuff, I believe in them, we all believe in them, are enablers. Don't get me wrong on that. They are useful, but they are enablers for the ultimate goal. They are to make us a kind of people to fulfill God's agenda of claiming the world to himself. <laughs> oh, Lord. So if we attempt to sum up what the resurrection is, the purpose of the resurrection, is to recreate a people to facilitate the reclaiming of the kingdoms of this world. When we come to worship and we are lying down, it's not because I've got 1,000 or 2,000 in my pocket, but it's because among all the people he has chosen me. And he's reclaiming the kingdoms of the world for himself. When I'm in clerical and I lie down prostrate, not knowing what to do, I said, oh my God, so you have chosen me to facilitate the reclaiming of the world unto yourself. 
when you are in your business, when you are in your homes, when you are in your families, you must bless God if you are worshiping that, oh God, among all, you have chosen me to represent you there. So you see, we must begin redefining everything we do. God is recruiting people into his kingdom to facilitate the reclaiming of the world unto himself. When we pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, do you know what that means? God is filling you with his power to facilitate the reclaiming of the world unto himself. When we worship, when we praise, we are affirming that we are the people who have been chosen by God to reclaim the kingdoms of this world for himself. So when we have received this, we should remember that when we come to church, we have only come to be equipped so that we can go out there. Wherever you find yourself in media and entertainment, the impact of everything we have done is for us to go out. Who is ready to go out? You see, when Jesus knew this in Luke 24, he told his disciples to wait until they are endued until they are clothed with power from on high. Because to be able to live right, it is not by the flesh. You see, we are called to go and possess the nations. All our emotions must be dropped and we take the mind of Christ. It is no longer. I remember one time when a brother was saying, do you know me? He was so angry. The way he was, do you know me? You don't know me. Then I said, we know you. We know you as a Christian. That's why we are totally surprised by what you are doing. No longer cheating. No longer lying. No longer stealing. We take possession over the place with the life of Christ in us. How can we do all this? People in the post-resurrection era. Unless we receive the spirit from on high. On the day of Pentecost, he poured himself onto them. But you see, I like the rendering of scripture. He says, unless you are clothed. You know what that means? <laughs> he puts a garment from your head. So when we are talking about the armor, <laughs> so your head is covered. He carries all the way through the chest. He carries all the way even to your very feet. Unless you are clothed from on high. Who is ready to be clothed from on high? To go and possess the nations. If I came to you with the word of the Lord, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is granted by the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? The resurrection power is taking away some evil tendencies. Yes, Lord. It's melting away weaknesses so that indeed we will be strengthened to possess the nations. Yes, Lord. Cause me, Lord, to do your Looking up to you, he's looking up to me. Thank you. He's able to Thank you, Lord. We bless you for this refreshed understanding. Because of your word, we are made whole. Because of your word, we are clean. Receive power. Jesus name. Receive power. Jesus name. To overcome. And go out there with this resurrection power. 
and renewing understanding that the whole thing is about God using us to reclaim the world unto himself. How would this be unless the power comes upon us? My dear sister, my dear brother, receive power to possess. Jesus name. And may our own lives be transformed to look like Jesus. If you are weak in any part of your body, if you fall short, there is grace today. Yes, Lord. Receive that grace. Yes. Jesus. Receive that grace. Yes. Lord. Sister, receive that grace. Yes. Brother, receive that grace. Yes. Lord. This is the purpose. This is the agenda. May the Lord himself strengthen and keep us and endow us with this resurrection power to go and possess the nations. Let's shout a big amen to that. We hope your heart has been quickened by hearing the word of God through this message. If you desire to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, please say this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You came to die because of my sins. I therefore accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I will serve you all the days of my life. So help me, God. Amen. If you just said this prayer, we welcome you to the family of God. Are you looking to find a place of worship where there is relevant teaching, heartfelt worship, passion and action toward the unsaved, constant prayer, compassionate care for the needy, and honest Christ-centered relationships? Then join us fellowship at the PIWC Dome at the Accra Technical Training Center, ATTC Kokomlimli Accra. Join our Miracle Dawn service every Wednesday, 5.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. and our Friday prayer meeting, dubbed Cry Out, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, contact us on 0208-779-774-0277-144-128 and 0502-444-814. You can also visit our website at piwcacra.org to know more. And let's get interactive on all social media platforms at PIWC Accra. Thank you. Until next time. We pray that you would reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace. You are blessed.